Hello, welcome to Podcast Cold Turkey. Bienvenue au Podcast Cold Turkey. Je prends quelques secondes pour vous dire que euh, le podcast a besoin de vos encouragements sur les différentes plateformes de podcast. Donc, je vous encourage à aller mettre euh, les thumbs up, les étoiles, euh, les revues aussi. Peut-être écrire juste un mot pour vous dire si vous avez aimé l'expérience, si vous avez apprécié le podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the podcast needs a bit of your help. Uh, it would be um, just so appreciated of you to put the star rating, put a little review if you appreciate it, and uh, you can actually share as well. You know, vous pouvez partager le podcast. Tout ça sera très apprécié. Et sans plus attendre, je vous laisse au podcast. Salut. Andy, how are you doing? I am awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is my, yeah, kind of, I would say I'm, I'm really bad at meditation. So that would be kind of my meditating, you know, you know, like I had, you know, like there's only one thing like living the present moment is right now. You know, like it's, there's no other way. There's my dog sleeping and she should be, you know, she should freaking stay there. Um, And yeah, you know, that's the pretty much the only thing I ask of her is that, you know, like she's good, you know, like she had her treats. So like, like stay there, you know, <laughs> yeah, stay, stay asleep. Yeah. My dogs are upstairs because they wouldn't do that. They would be like on top of me. So all that over the place. Well. Yeah. yeah. Minus 10 months. And, you know, like she's been kind of almost Aww. drilled to, you know, you know, like she, she's kind of realizing that, you know, like it's, there's playtime and then there's now time, which is like be there and you know yeah yeah um first thing first you know like i i i i have asked my guests for the past six seven months um it's a bit of a twofold question the first part of it is where are you located and the second part of it is actually how have you been um running or going through the pandemic so far all right well i am in welland ontario canada so It's kind of by Niagara Falls. I'm very close to Niagara Falls. Um, and the pandemic's actually been great in my house. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that too often. Um, I'm usually that lone wolf, but it's made us have to slow down. Uh, my husband never stopped working throughout the whole thing. So we're lucky that way. Um, and my kid does really well with doing school at home and online. So The pandemic's actually been okay with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason, you know, like it's, you know, like it, 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 it's sometimes it's a easy question and uh, like in your case, and sometimes it's more of um, if you're, you know, like in terms of isolation and, you know, like more of the anxiety that it can provide. Um, have you seen that around you? you know, like kind of a growth or, a, you know, like a kind of a rise of people being more anxious or more, you know, like feeling more uh, lonely? Um, Not from the people that I talk to, like in my immediate circle, because most of them all have kids with special needs. So we're usually pretty much at home anyways. Yeah. <laughs> But there are some people um, at the gym that I go to that They have mentioned, you know, I really, I need to get back to the gym. That's why, that's how I take care of myself. That's for my mental health. I need to get back to the gym. So there's been a few people that, yeah, I've yeah. seen it a bit. 
it's a uh, and then you know like, I, I talk a lot about this um, on the podcast is you know like I really have in the back of my mind the um, you know like I, I taught really something about are we going to go through a bit of a post traumatic uh, situation when this is go- all going to be over uh, of people that I. I, I I almost consider myself as, you know, like the, the, a bit of a, you know, the loner and, you know, like I don't mind it and miss, you know, like kind of the social gathering a lot, you know, like so, um, and at the same time, I was telling you that I work in sales. Um, my colleague is just like, oh yeah, we should go wine and dine and meet with customers. And there's, um, while I, I would love to go, you know, like, and it's very, you know, like it's a bit harder. In my, but my wife, which is in sales too, does it. But um, there's there seems to be something in the back of my mind that's just like, eh, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but, um, and I know it's not just my character. There's something else. Well, we get, I think we've gotten so used to being at home because like even when the gym did open up, so I coach kickboxing at one of the gyms around here and when it opened back up and uh, I was back on the schedule for classes in the back of my mind, I'm like, do I really have to like go out and see people? (laughs) And it was almost like I was trying to think of excuses to not go, even though I absolutely love my job. I love being yeah. a personal trader and I love kickboxing, but I it was over a year of not having to do that. So I was like, eh, I don't want to. Yeah. But no no particular or tangible reason I could think of for that other than I just got accustomed to being at home. That's um yeah, I mean like it's it really is um it's a it's a it's a weird feeling. You know, like it's just like, oh, may, maybe I should um, I don't know, like there's really something around not feeling it, you know, like, so yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it is really weird. Um, let's, uh, kind of get back to the regular programming of that show, uh, by, you know, like I, I tend to ask the same question to every one of my guests to, to, you know, kind of to pick it up. Um, I, I asked my guests to kind of rewind the, their life story tape and bring me back to um, something that you consider uh, um, a marking event in your life. You know, like either by you witnessing something, you going through something, or you uh, and your surrounding impacting who you will become or who, you know, like what kind of defined you at the time, you know, like or, or marked you or, or sculpted you as the individual that you became. Well, there's so many moments, but let's uh let's rewind to one of the first ones that I can remember. I was about 14, and by that time I had started feeling um depression. At the time I didn't know what it was, but I did start feeling that and started having thoughts of suicide and that kind of thing. And all while I am going through this, my household is, for lack of a better term, going batshit crazy. Um, So I lived with my mom. Um, By then, I wasn't really seeing my dad. I used to go see him every other weekend. But he wasn't – he was neglectful, but it's not – he wasn't – 
straightforwardly abusive or anything. I just don't think my dad ever really learned how to be a dad. Um, yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but he wasn't bad, but it just, it wasn't home. So by when the time did I was, they separated? Oh, I don't remember them ever being together. Okay. So your upbringing yeah. is only with mom, only with and, my mom and my brother. Okay. Br one brother and the one brother until I was 10. And then, um, my sister was born. Then I was 12 and my other sister was born. My okay. sisters are from my dad and his, um, well, they're not together anymore, but his at the yeah, time girlfriend, then, then girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and me and my brother have the same mom, different dads, but my brother and I lived together and grew up together. Okay. And what was your ratio of visits or, 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 or kind I used of to go to my dad's every other weekend. Okay. Um, but when I would go there, it was like not really spending time together. And I was used to like, I'm a mama's girl. I always have been. <laughs> Yeah. And so I was used to spending a lot of time with my mom. So when I would go to my dad's and it was like, and he worked shift work at a factory. So when I'd be there, a lot of times he'd be sleeping at like in the middle of the day, which to me was like, what are you doing? You only see me every other weekend. I get it as an adult because I understand shift work, <laughs> how that yep. works now. But, you know, in the mind of a kid, it was like, get up let's spend time together i'm supposed to be visiting you but we're not visiting together like what's going on and so i'd spend most of my time at my uncle's house who lived down the street and hanging out with my cousins which i mean it's gotta be more fun than even if my dad did hang out with me because we were all like relatively the same age yeah uh, absolutely and, and you know like and i've i've had that um deal with my ex they're they're much older and they were you know like they were actually you know, um, alienated, uh, you know, uh, of yeah. me, um, it, it, kind of, you know, like during that, that, the progress. So, but I had, um, the kind of the deal of every other weekend and it is such uh, from a father perspective or, or from the, the parent perspective, it is such a fucking nightmare to deal with. Yeah. Um, it's four days a month. You know, like so, so the the contract weighs on you to make those four days almost like Disney World every time. Yeah. Um, well, and what you're describing here is that you're like you had to freaking work. You know, like so it's it's hard to you know yeah. <laughs> argue that. Um, but I, re I you know like every single weekend I I would have him, I would actually force myself to try to think of what can I do special where a parent shouldn't be special a parent should yeah. be a parent you know like so anyway so like it, it it kind of makes me think of that you know like it's um it's a it's a messed up and not profitable for anyone deal you know because you know yeah. and and the, the kids gets accustomed to that you know like it's like okay so we're gonna see each other uh next friday what what is it going to be this weekend yeah. Like, oh, you little brat. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. Like on my way home on Sunday, I always got McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, if yeah. you know, always. So if there was a time that my dad wasn't stopping, it's like, um, excuse you, we always do this. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so okay, so it's almost like you know, like out of those four days, it's almost full time with mom. 
Um, yeah. What kind of kid are you? You know, like introvert, uh, <laughs> shy. I was an asshole. <laughs> okay. Um. So when I was younger, I didn't understand myself and I didn't know how to communicate. So recently, actually, um, I finished going through some assessments and I found out that I actually have autism. Um, high functioning. Um, I hate that term, but yeah. Anyways. And so now when I look back and I see myself as that little terror asshole, I'm like, oh, this explains so much. But like, I, I couldn't explain what I was feeling. I didn't know how to ask for, for help with what I was dealing with internally because I didn't understand it. And so I would act out. And so my mom would, she didn't know what to do with me either because I mean no one knows like 25 years ago this was not really a known thing like you knew about it but people weren't talking about it so it would just be like hey go to your room if you're gonna yell and scream go in your room like I don't know um and it's funny because my brother who's four years older than me he was the complete opposite he was a good child when he became a teenager he totally switched around and he became the asshole. And then when I became a teenager, I was the good child. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I think I just, I started to learn how to mask things a little better and just kind of. And maybe, you know, like my son is on a spectrum. You just started school uh, this September. Okay. Um, so highly intelligent, you know, like, like um, but his social skill set is let's say to develop (laughs) yes exactly and that's why i hate that term high functioning right because yeah okay i graduated at the top of my class but don't ask me you know what the meaning of a joke is or what somebody should feel like in a certain situation because i'm not gonna know yeah and it's so funny we we had a we had a report um i think it was today or yesterday and one specialist um told her told us that you know like you would um you would fake biting uh and i'm like it's my fault you know like because you know like we we play like on the sofa oh. in the evening and he's like you know like <laughs> you know like so i i would tickle him and i would kind of fake bite him on you know like on his yeah. legs on a, on his arm so is you know, like he kind of translated that to okay, I'm you know, new kid, uh, new friend. I'm going to translate that mark of affection by fake biting you. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> it totally makes sense to me. That logic it, is it makes sense. So, my my wife was like, uh, "It's my husband's fault." You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to ex- be extra careful what you do. Exact. Well, it's 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 um. It is. It is. And, 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 you know, like it's, um, it, it recently started saying, I love you. And, you know, I like, can saw how we felt about it. But then it became a bit of a situation because he would tell any stranger we met, I love you. Yeah. And, um, and then at the same time, um, I was at Costco and, you know, like, so we go to the cash, um, to the cash register and, you know, like the, uh, the cashier and, um, he's like, hello. And she's, hello. And he goes, I love you. And the lady, and I'm, I'm going to translate what she said, but she's like, 
holy shit. You know, like, it's been so long since a man told me he loves me. I love you too, young boy. <laughs> and I started to laugh. And she was like super happy, put her smile on her face. And, you know, like just, but it came, you know, like it really, that, that kind of scream, almost scream of, of, of truth um, came from her gut. You know, like it was just like, holy shit, you know, like just, and, um, and I started to laugh and it made me think a lot. And I was like, well, you know, like my son is actually not throwing fuck yous out. Yeah. There. You know, like he's, my kid he's, does that one. <laughs> you know, like, so, um. I'm like, okay, I, I definitely need to teach him, you know, like there's there's times where, you know, like you can actually tell someone you love him, yeah. but it's it's not as urgent as, but then again, you know, like it, it, it now it becomes kind of like the school system, quote unquote. And, um, yeah. and so it's like, it, you have to do this, um, like the last report was just like it, it doesn't fit in, and you're like, well, fit into what? You know, like, mm, what, what are we yes. talking about here? You know, like so, um, yeah. So keep the ranks when the bell rings because the other classes needs to go inside, but keep the ranks for f- five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're asking a, a five six year old to keep ranks. You know, keep it in ranks for five to ten minutes. I mean, I like, don't even think w- I could. I mean, same for me, you know, like, and, you know, like, and they don't have their phone, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, anyways, um, so from 10 to 14, you kind of develop those coping mechanism without even knowing that yeah. you, that's what you're doing, but you're developing kind of a, almost like a persona, I'm guessing. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, a different a different Randy, right? The one that the public sees. Um, and so during that time, um, so when I became 14, my brother was 18. My brother was actually in jail at that time because um, he was getting into all the bad stuff. He was getting into drugs. I can remember days that I would be home after school. My mom would be at work and he would be smoking. I don't even know what it was (laughs) it wasn't weed it was something harder and he'd be like oh you want some i was like no i'm like 10 no i don't want some what um and so yeah he was getting into all that bad stuff and so when he was in jail actually my mom got married to my stepfather and he was um a raging alcoholic which he hid before they got married um and then as the marriage progressed he started drinking more so my mom it seemed like she didn't have time for me and again as an adult i'm like oh you put your effort where you think it needs to be because like my my youngest also has autism and then my older stepchild doesn't and so we would spend a lot of time with the younger one because the older one you know they're fine so yeah. I get that now <laughs> as a parent. Yeah. But in my teenage brain, all I was thinking was, you're going to the jail to visit Brandon all the time. You're spending all your time with Kaz. And you no, know, we're not doing any of the things that we used to do together. I'm yeah. just I'm just chopped liver. Like, you don't actually want me. You don't care about me. With puberty, with, um, you know, with, you know, like the, the kind of the teenage years, you know, like just some yeah. transformation inside and outside. 
you know, like so, so you're, you're you're transforming into a young woman, and you're missing kind of almost like the attention of managing that, you know, like yeah. of, of. And exactly. you, you were saying, um, you started off by saying that you know, like it, the fourteenth um, year of your life is actually a year where um, there's actually, when looking back, actually signs of depression and signs of almost um darkness let's say that way yeah um so w- w- was w- were you keeping that shell of or that mask of the still happy girl so that oh, you know, yeah. they don't so they don't worry about you and you don't take the caring time of your brother um out yeah i don't know if i did it as much at home um, I think at home, I just really just stayed in my room because my stepfather, he'd get home after work and start drinking. And I didn't want to be around that because then there would be yelling, there would be throwing things. Um, so I would pretty much hide in my room or I'd go over to a friend's house after school or and just stay there until I had to go home so that I just didn't have to see anybody at home. I'd basically hide out at a friend's house. How long your brother stayed in jail? Um, at that time, he was in jail for about a year. And then when he got out of jail, my mom didn't want him to come live with us um, for good reasons, really. She was trying to she was trying to protect me, really, from all of his drama. So she rented him a place to live so that, you know, he, she didn't want him to be homeless. She just didn't want him living with us. Um and that worked for a little while, but then my stepfather trying to, I don't know, trying to be the good guy or something, I, I don't even know what he was thinking. He told my brother where we lived and said, yep, you can come live with us, no problem. Oh, that was a lot of problems. So then when he came to live with us and he was still doing all the bad stuff that he was doing before, and all of a sudden his girlfriend moves in with us. And oh, she, shit. them together, very toxic relationship. Very, very toxic relationship. Then they had a baby, my nephew. He is adorable. I, I love him. He's now 17 but and taller than me. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they had him. And so now it's my mom, my stepfather, who's still drinking and drinking way more now with having a baby in the house. My brother doing who knows what. His girlfriend, who also I think does who know what, me and a baby. And it was just, it was craziness. Um, Family Children's Services was involved for a long time then. And we had to go and visit my nephew at Family and Children's Services for a while. I would skip school just to go and see him because I was like, this is more important than going to school. Um, I skip school a lot, like a lot, a lot. No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) Um, And not just for, for that, but even before he was born, I... I hated high school. You see all these movies about how high school is the best time of your life. I hated high school. I hated every moment of high school. I skipped every chance I got, which was not, almost every it, day. It, yeah. It's, um, I recently, you know, like with a guess, um, what you remembered that, um, when face, you know, like when I first, uh, registered on Facebook, um, there was an high school group created, you know, I like kind of, you know, like the, I don't know, the alum, alumni, alumni or, you know, yeah. yeah. And um, some of, you know, I think it was a jocks or a jockette uh, <laughs> saying, this was the best time of my life. And 
one individual that I remember vaguely, but remember actually like, like, oh, I'm not kidding, like a huge paragraph of ranting saying, oh, your time was great. Well, mine was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Mine was darkness, shame, um, bullying. You know, like it was just my time was a fucking It was. Yeah. And it was shocking because, you know, I, I remember we would pick on him, you know, like just. Kids are mean, and it's what we do. It, yeah, and, it doesn't you know, make like, it I, right, but I'm 46, and I'm you know like my with my I have a group of four more a group of four friends, or or humor is you know it's it's tough to handle <laughs> looking from yeah. outside. You know, like it, it it is. So I've always been kind of used to that. You know, like I think I'm tough skin on on this, and I was probably kind of the easy to pick on you know because you know like i was kind of the nerd leaving nerdness because i didn't want it kind of the rebel but you know you know almost too bright to hang on with the you know like the the anyway so like it was it was it would have been easy to pick on me but i you know i it would you know like it would just i wouldn't feel it you know like it was just like meh all right you know and i I ended up being like the guy that the that the the after prom party at my parents' country house. So like it oh, was just, geez. yeah. I mean, it was, which was, I was the kid way, that was wasn't like, invited to the parties. So yeah, so yeah, that was pretty much you know, like what the what that man today said yeah. said. You know, like it. I I'm almost like still way way on um you know like way on on him you know like that still marked and hurt. By you know like uh, you know like some of the people's behavior, I don't think I was part of the people that you know like that the, the the trauma he was expressing. Um, I was more like low low profile, but um, it 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 kind of blew me a bit away to see that for some people it is much worse. It is not a good time. You know, like you feel like yeah. you feel know, like, like shit. Like you feel like shit. And I didn't want anybody at school to know what was going on at home. So I had to pretend to be something else entirely. Oh, yeah, everything's hunky-dory when really I didn't want to go home ever. Um, Or invite someone home. Yeah, I never invited people over to my house. Um, If I did invite you over, you had to be like a really close friend. (laughs) And warned and prepared and, you know. Yeah, debriefed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't invite people over. I was always let's go to your house. It was never let's go to my house. And if we did, it was like let's go straight upstairs to my room. We're not leaving my room. This is where we're staying. So it's yeah, it was awful. Um and the teachers, I remember my grade 10 science teacher. He was talking to me in the hallway one time. I don't remember exact what his exact words were. But there was something along the lines of, you will never amount to anything. Jeez. And hearing something like that from a teacher who's supposed to be giving you knowledge and recognizing when you need help. I'm sorry. Part of their job is to recognize if a child is struggling. They're fucking adults. (laughs) Right? Um, And you just told somebody who's already thinking about killing themselves that they're not going to amount to anything. So okay, I'm not going to amount to anything anyways. Well, let me just go off myself now. Like, that's what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. Um, how old are you? Like 15, 16? 
Yeah, I would have been 15 at the time. Yeah. 15. And so <sighs> fuck, you know, like I, I I'm I'm I've never gone, you know, it would it would be a bit of a lie, but you know, like my 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 if I had dark thoughts, it was um much later in my life when I, you know, like when I was pretty much like in my my 20 and end of my 20s and yeah, you know, I had them right then just, too. <laughs> Yeah, and but right before I I stopped using and ended up in therapy, I had kind of um. Would I you know can I was it centerized or you know like did I have a plan you know like the plan was actually to catch an accident, you know kind of um um severe enough that I would be allowed to you know, like keep using because of pains, you know, like oh, okay, just because yeah. of pain, you know, like it was kind of a, so it wasn't really like end it all thing. It was, well, it was end the suffering. Yeah. And since there were no other option, but to keep using, you know, like I would use the accident as a kind of an excuse to yeah. keep using, you know, like it was yeah. fucked up mathematics in my head, yeah. but. <laughs> but like the way you said that it, it was about ending the suffering. And I think like for myself, that's what it was. And I think for most people that have depression or have suicidal thoughts, that's what it is. It's not, I just want to die. It's, I want the suffering. I want the pain to stop. And we don't see any other way to make that happen. Was there, um, you know, because I I know that, you know, like um, teens, um, you know, like like self-mutilation, you know, like hurting yourself. Was was this something that was part of your- didn't i thought about it but i never did um i don't know by the grace of god i just never did absolutely and i I thought about it a lot um i used to watch the movie 13 over and over and over and over again and that was i guess kind of my way of doing it because in that movie the girl does self-harm so it was almost like if i watched somebody else do it then i didn't have to do it yeah i get Um, it yeah yeah. And so, um so what happened next? I mean like cuz this this is heavy, right? You're like I mean you're like yeah. every morning you wake up and it doesn't get better. Yeah. Exactly. And in fact it just gets worse because now now we're dealing with um family children's services and then we're dealing with my brother and his girlfriend breaking up, getting back together, breaking up. Uh when I was 17 um my friend actually asked, said it was August. Uh, school starts in September here. And she said she knew what was going on because she was my best friend since grade nine. And now we're going into grade 12. And she said to me, why don't you come and move into my house like with my parents? And I was like, OK. And I I didn't even talk to my mom about it or anything. I just I had to get out. It was literally if I didn't get out of that house, I probably would have ended up killing myself. Like I. I couldn't be there anymore without all of that. And um, so I moved in with her. You're actually the first podcast that's gotten this part of the story. So there you go. <laughs> and so I, I moved. I remember I was packing my stuff and my mom came home after work. She's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm leaving. I'm moving out. I can't. I can't be here anymore. And she cried. Um, she didn't try to stop me or anything, but she did cry about it. And I moved in with my friend. I was there for six, seven months living at her parents' house. It was better in a sense because there was a lot less drama. 
there was, you know, no Brandon there, no Kaz there. There was a lot less drama in that way, but it wasn't my home. It wasn't yeah. where I belong. And I mean, I had my own bed there and everything. Me and my friend, we got along fine, but it just, it still never, ever, ever felt like home. So eventually I did move back in to my mom's house because Kaz left. Um, So I moved back in there for a very short stint. So I had graduated. I moved in, graduated from high school, and then I found another apartment that I rented with a girl from work who I was working with at the time at Subway, because after you move back home, after you've moved out, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's not home. Yeah. Still, you know, like it's, it's, you know, like it's kind of exactly. Okay, so I'm back at mom's. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's really weird. It is. And it was still very broken, even though my stepfather was gone. My brother was still there and it was very broken feeling. Like you could tell that my mom was in a lot of emotional pain. Um, and it just, it didn't feel good. So I moved in, um, rented a place with a coworker, lived there for a couple months, was a fucking idiot and got pregnant. Uh, <laughs> um, when I then broke up with him because, like I said, I was a fucking idiot. So at the time, all I wanted was somebody to tell me that I was an okay person, to say, you know, I love you. It's okay. Um, and so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Love you too. And in my head, I'm like, I don't even fucking know you, but sure. Love you too. Cause you're saying it to me. So that makes me feel like I have to say it back to you. Um, and I never really, I never really wanted to, it to lead down certain roads. But it did. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up pregnant. And then I ended up homeless. Because I, I didn't want to be with him. Like, I knew I didn't want to be with him. I knew that before I was even pregnant. And I had broken up with him. But I had no I had nowhere to go. And at that time, too, my mom had moved in with her, was renting a room off of my uncle. So I had nowhere to go. Uh, I ended up moving in with my aunt for a little bit. She was always like a second mom to me. She always took very good care of me. And uh, so I lived there for a while while I was pregnant, and then uh, with my with my two cousins there, it was all right. There was a pull-up couch I slept on, and we watched lots of horror movies. <laughs> it was fun. Um, then I had my baby in October of two thousand six, and uh, I moved back in with my mom because at that time she had bought a house with her boyfriend at the time who we all thought was a great guy. Turns out he was a cokehead. My mom attracts really great people. Yeah. Um, it usually is the case, you know, like when, because uh, if you have dependents, you have codependence. Yeah. You know, like one doesn't come without the other. Yeah. Because the, they wouldn't get along, you know, like so, so your, your, your mom must be the prototype of a, excellent codependent yeah my mom doesn't do well by herself she's lived in my house now for nine years and was supposed to be here for a few months <laughs> yeah. yeah so here we go <laughs> here it is yep so i moved in there at first everything was going really well 
Um, and then I don't even remember exactly how, but my brother ended up moving in there again too. And I just, I don't understand why, why Wayne was like, yeah, sure. Come move in with us after my mom's like, no, 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 but whatever. So he moved in. So his girlfriend moved in. Yeah. And so back to. Yeah. Same story on repeat now, except this time I've got an infant. Um, my nephew was living with his other grandma, his maternal grandma. And we, so we saw him sometimes. So that situation was a lot better. Um, this girlfriend was a different girlfriend. And they have another baby. Yeah. Who is taken away again. Um, then they have another baby who... Um, long story. Anyways, so there's babies in the house again. And we're fine. And my brother was drinking pretty heavily i don't know if he i don't know for certain if he was back into drugs but i can only assume so because if he was before um but at that time he was still holding down a job and then but afterwards they would go out and drink after or drink on the work site it was like construction um and then wayne my mom's boyfriend he started getting really verbally abusive and stuff and you could hear him downstairs yelling and screaming about everything under the sun and and he was a he was a drinker later i find out that he was also doing coke um and so i was like hey i have to get out of here again like i need to i need to find somewhere to go i put in an application for housing to get subsidized housing because i was on maternity leave (laughs) then i'm on maternity leave find out my job is closed so i have no job to go back to when i'm off maternity leave um so um yeah and then i was also looking at just going into like um women's shelters just to get out of there i was really lucky though because i did get into subsidized housing it was a really nice apartment um and when my when my kid was six months old i met my husband well i didn't meet him we actually had met a few years prior to that but we actually started dating then um and so that's like almost 15 years ago now (laughs) so there's a good part um so yeah when my kid was about six months old we started dating and he's like he was going to call so that was june and he was already registered to go to college in the september and i was like i don't know what i would even go for and so i looked up and there wasn't a lot of program choices at that time because it was so close so i went into it's called pre-community services i went in there i did that program and then i also Transferred into another program, did community and justice services, uh, which was really cool. I did my placement for that in a drug and alcohol recovery house. So that was really cool. I learned a lot of stuff there. And things were pretty even there. Things are pretty good because I now had my actual own apartment, just me and my baby. Um, And I was going to school. I really enjoyed college. College was an excellent time in life. Not high school, but college. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. Even though I am not in the field anymore at all, it was great. Um, So things were going pretty good. I tried to help my brother one more time. He's like, I need to to get sober. I need to get clean. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going in and out of jail. I said, okay, fine. You can stay with me for a little bit. So he came and he stayed with me because I didn't live in the same city. I lived like 20 minutes away and he didn't drive. So he's like, hey, I I don't know anybody. I don't know where to go and get drugs. Okay. So he stayed at the house for the first week. He was good. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't talk to nobody. He was, you know, 
clean and sober. And then New Year's Eve comes. Well, you just yeah. have to go out for New Year's Eve. You, you have, have to. to go to the bar. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not. I'm staying home with my one-year-old. Why don't you just stay with us? No, I have to. I have to. I go, okay, well, then you're not coming back. It's really that simple. You leave right now. You're not coming back. Um, so he did. He left. And uh, he called me later that night because he had overdosed. Um, and the paramedics brought him back. That was the first time that I knew about him overdosing. He probably had done it before. And I know he's done it since. Um, so he, I said, no, you still can't come back, especially now that you're back doing drugs. You can't come back. Like I have a baby in the house. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I really didn't talk to my brother much over the next, what, 13-ish years. I, I saw him here and there at family functions. I talked to him periodically, but I really didn't talk to him much, didn't, um, didn't really have any relationship with him past that, which is really sad because growing up, we were we were close. We'd play video games together. We'd play superheroes, whatever, watch Saturday morning cartoons. What a big brother is. Yeah. 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 So um, I definitely lost him probably in my early 20s. I, I really, that would be when I lost him. Um, and then, you know, things were okay-ish in life. Then what... Whatever, for whatever reason, eight years old and kids, there's a big turning point. So look forward to that. <laughs> so at eight years old is when my kid's autism really shined through. You could really tell there was a big issue. So me and my husband, we knew early on that something was different. But because he's fully verbal, very talkative, quite intelligent, you know, people didn't believe us when we're like, yeah, but you can talk to him and he doesn't realize that you're talking to him or, you know, he doesn't do appropriate things in social situations. And so it wasn't until he was eight that he finally got diagnosed with autism. And we went through a lot of violent meltdowns and I'm talking like violent. I've had stuff thrown at me. I've had him chase me. I've had him try to push me into a road, like just crazy shit that people don't want to believe, but it happens. Um, eventually it turned from outward mount meltdowns for him to self-harm for him and so here i am my depression's coming back now because well i'm just the worst parent in the world i can't help my kid what the fuck good am i yeah. um and so i'm trying to go to work i'm working in social services at the time as an employment counselor so i'm going to work all day listening to everybody else complain about their life and how it's so horrible then i'm going home to my life where my kid is trying to kill himself so it progressed from just self-harm of like cutting to actual suicide attempts. I cannot even tell you how many times we had to take him to the hospital because he actually tried to kill himself. He has tried to cut his wrists. He's tried to hang himself. He has tried to take um, my antidepressants. We have a safe in the kitchen now where all of our knives go, all of our medications go because it was so bad that you couldn't leave him by himself. It was constantly him trying to kill himself and going to the hospital and the hospital going, oh, he's fine now and sending them home because our mental health system is fucking ridiculous. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And he, the one time he even looked at the doctor in the eye and said, I feel like suicide. And they're like, kids don't say that. He's fine. He's faking it. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean he's faking it? We're here because he just tried to slit his wrists, but he's faking it. You fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I would drive to work crying. I would drive home from work crying. I would hide in the bathroom at work crying. 
um, I ended up taking a leave of absence from work for mental, like a mental stress leave, trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do. We were being called, like before I took the leave, we were being called constantly to go to school to pick him up because the school couldn't handle the meltdowns. They couldn't handle him. They, so that that was grade three. They had in grade four, they put him in a different class. School didn't think that worked. So they put him in another class for grade five. School didn't think that worked. They put him in a different class for grade six. We ended up homeschooling for most of grade six because he refused to go to this other class they put him in. Um, and then in grade seven, so again, all through that, I am just trying to keep it together. And there was definitely days that I probably should have taken myself to the emergency room and said, I feel like killing myself. I feel like driving off a bridge because that was my plan. I had a bridge all picked out. So where I live, there's lots of bridges, oodles of them. Anywhere you go, you'll find something. Um, so I had picked out a specific bridge that I was just I was just going to drive my car off, off the road one day after work and just sink into the water. This was a bridge that not too many people go around, so nobody would see me as I just left because um, I didn't see any other way out of, of all of this. Like, obviously, I was useless. I My house was a disaster. I didn't know how to help my kid. My work was subpar by this point because, well, my life was falling apart. And then I had to take time off work. So I left all my coworkers doing my job for me because I'm not there. Um, and then, of course, me and my husband are arguing all the time just because neither of us knew what the fuck to do. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pretty bad. It was, it was really bad. Um, I went into therapy. I got on antidepressants. They did help. But, you know, life was very, very difficult. Uh, my kid was in and out of the hospital, in and out of different therapies. Then in 2018, um, I got diagnosed with cancer. So, you know, that was loads of fun, too. So I had cervical cancer. At first, they said, oh, it's just one little bad part. So I had a surgery. They took out that one little bad part, sent it away for more tests, came back and said, actually, we have to take out everything. Um, and I was like, oh, OK. So then I had to have another surgery and I had a full hysterectomy. At that time, my kid was still going in and out the hospital. He was now finally, though, on a wait list to go into a treatment place for three months. I would help him. We were really hoping that was going to coincide with my when my surgery was, but I didn't. Um, had the surgery. Ended up getting a, an infection after the surgery that put me back in the hospital and almost killed me. And uh, so then afterwards, in September, he finally got into... Um, the treatment place is called CPRI, and there's mixed reviews on it depending who you ask for. For us, it was a godsend. It was the absolute best thing. So him going there, he went there. We dropped him off Sunday night, picked him up on Friday. So he stayed there during the week. They had school there. They had all their rooms or whatever. And then he'd come home for the weekend. And so during that week, I could actually breathe. I could go, okay, what the hell do yeah. I need to take care of myself so that I don't draw, drive off of this bridge? Um, so, and by then I had quit social services because I knew that I couldn't go back to that. I knew that even when he came home, we were going to have to make a lot of adjustments to make sure that we could manage the house and everything. Um, so after that three months, he came home and things have been a lot better with him. He has not tried to kill himself in three years now. Um, right. Yeah, we have not had any hospital visits. We've we've had a few little meltdowns here and there. We've had some crying fits, but 
it's a lot better for him. Um, my depression is being managed a lot better now with having gone to therapy and my antidepressants that I take. At one point, at one point, I was like, "Oh, I'm fine. I'll stop taking antidepressants." Don't do that. No. Don't no. Do that. <laughs> no. That's a bad idea. That's yeah. a bad idea. I have to learn the hard way. <laughs> and um, do you have like a um? And when when I'm I'm gonna ask you know, like, do you have like a strict diet? But when I say diet, it's not about you know like necessarily the, like the food or physical part of it. But you know, do I usually as you usually ask my guests by the time the podcast ends, what is like the 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 Randy Lee daily regimen of stuff she has to do to take care of her mental health, uh, physical and, and spiritual health yeah. kind of in line and in check? Oof, that's a big question. Um, okay. So uh, I eat my three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, always have snacks in between. Try to eat lots of fruit. Fruit is good. I have to work out pretty much every day. Today I didn't, but my body was super sore from last night. So it's okay. Rest day. Um, I have to work out. And napping. I take a nap almost every day. And that really, really helps a lot. Um, yeah. I do kickboxing as part of my workout, which is nice. Um, and just slowing down, which is why I said the pandemic was good. Because I used to always say, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Because... I technically can, but I can't do it all. Yeah. So doing that and then being more authentically me has helped a lot. I don't try to hide all of my uh, craziness, <laughs> all of the things that make me who I am. I don't try to hide those anymore because now if people don't like me, that's their fucking problem. I yeah. don't care anymore. I'm gonna be me now. Yeah, you you <laughs> drop the masks because, anyways, you don't have time to entertain them. You know, like that's the you know, like that's mostly what happens. You know, like it's, you know, um, yeah. I mean, like it's it's already t so much fucking work, um, being yourself. Yeah. And when I say that, it's just you know, um, like the censorship comedy taking place like right in the frontal yeah. cortex, whatever, you know, like it's just handling these folks, you know, like is, is a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is a job, you know? And so when you need to add a mask to kind of the persona that you'd love for the people to see or to know, um, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, like it's, it's impossible to manage. So, um, it's exhausting. It is. Um, so, yeah, everything was going really well, but one one other big thing that happened this year. Okay. Um, in May, May 20th, I got a phone call. Well, actually, for, first I got a uh, Facebook message from my brother's ex-girlfriend uh, that said that the cops were trying to get a hold of my mom and they couldn't because she was at work. So I needed to call her. So I call her. And... Uh, she told me that my brother was dead. And I was like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? And so she gave me the phone number of um, a Streetworks worker. So Streetworks is in a drug program that they try to help the 
the people who are living on the streets who are addicted to drugs um, in my region. So she gave me the number of the person that um, found my brother. So I call her. She was super nice. Apparently, my brother and her went to school together like a million years ago. So she had met me. I don't remember. But she was super nice. Um, And she said, uh, she said that my brother had overdosed and she she was crying and she's like, I'm so sorry. I, I tried to save him. She tried to do the, um, that naloxone stuff. Um, I tried, it didn't work. And I was like, what? It didn't seem real. And she said, I'm like, she was still there in the room that, that it all happened. Um, because I guess whoever my brother was with at the time called her and said, He's not waking up. You need to come here. So she went there as fast as she could, and she called 911 on her way. Um, but it was too late by then. And um, then she let me talk to the police. And the, uh, that's when it actually hit home, when I actually talked to, like, a person of authority. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was actually – I was sitting – I was standing in line outside of the pool store because I had to get my pool water tested. And I just started – bawling and i sat down on the ground and i'm crying the guy it's my turn the guy comes up and i hand him my water i'm like i need my water tested (laughs) and so i was like okay so i go i call my mom and i know i don't usually call her and she was at home and like i was going to be home in 10 minutes so obviously that's kind of a red flag i said to my mom i said don't answer your phone don't go anywhere wait for me so she obviously knows I'm bringing bad news. So I get home and I go in the house. I say, mom, sit down, sit down. And I start patting the chair. I'm like, you need to sit down. She's moving slower than a snail. I was like, you need to hurry up and sit down. She goes, no, because I know as soon as I sit down, you're going to tell me something bad. I say, do you need to sit? So as soon as she sat down, I was just like, Brandon's dead. I couldn't get out anything other than that. I couldn't tell her the story right away. And so we start crying and we're hugging and, and all that stuff. And it's so bizarre over the last five months how close my family has gotten again. So growing up, me and my cousins, my aunts, we were all very, very close on my mom's side. And then as we grew up, we got farther apart. And with my my brother being into drugs and all that, we had to distance ourselves from him because we had tried to help him. It didn't work. So we were kind of trying that tough love thing. And with everything going on in my own world, I had to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. And so that boundary was that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with your shit. Basically, if you wanted to talk to me, you want to talk to um, my kid, you're going to have to be clean. Like you can't be talking to us and doing drugs. It's just not going to work. And so in the last year, I talked to him twice because he was at my aunt's house. So we were, we Zoomed twice. At both times, I had to say, no, you can't come. So the one time was before Christmas. I said, no, you can't come over for Christmas. Um, Not only is there COVID and we're not allowed, but, you know, you can't, you can't be on drugs. And then I talked to him like two weeks or so before he actually died. And again, he just kept saying, I just want to see you. I just want to be a family. Why can't we all be a family again? And so for those that are listening, it is the absolute hardest thing 
to set yourself a boundary, especially when now I have to look back and go, is there something I could have done? And in my head when he first died, I kept thinking, what what could I have said differently so that this didn't happen? But I know that there's nothing actually that I could have done. He had to do the work. But Absolutely. When, but when somebody dies, that's your first thought. Because he was only 36. He died one month before his 36th birthday. And I just kept thinking, is there something else I could have done? I could have said. And there's not. I'm so I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, like this is, you know, and it's um, you know, like for for people that listens, um, this podcast has been actually talking for more than two and a half years to that really tiny percent of people that overcomes that that tragic sickness, which is addiction. Yeah. Um, what Randy is actually describing here is the majority. There's three outcomes that you know, like from from every uh, anonymous literature, you're gonna hear three outcomes. Actually, four, which is the fourth would be sobriety, but it's it's jail, hospital, or morgue. Yeah, those are the three options you got. Um. And so that's why it hits hard because, you know, like I, I if, you know, if I could, I, you know, like I would have, you know, um, dead guests, you know, and I'm not making a bad joke here. No, no, you know it's saying, true. You know, you know, you know um, meaning that, you know, like the majority of the people that would be on that podcast would probably be people that didn't do the cold turkey, didn't do the, you know, the, the. And 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 the other thing that you know, like the guilt that you're going through, is actually a precious tool of the egocentric people that are the addicts. Yeah. It's a, it's a precious tool, you know. So so um, for not to be a codependent or an enabler, your family and yourself did exactly what should be done, which is not falling for. That guilt, yeah. That egocentric, addicted people. Well, he was great actually, at doing that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was, I was a fucking Jedi at this. Yep. You know, like so, so, um, and it, it's probably one of even sober. This is something you need to be super careful about because you know, like it, it was all about my own little tiny person, and you know, like it's so. You're really going to do that to me, dad? You know, like it was, you know, like, uh, you know, like all of that kind of shit, the cry on command and, you know, like all of that stuff, you know, yep. like, so, um, I don't know your brother, but I know your brother, right? Yep. You know, because <laughs> you know, the journey he went on or, and we share the gene, you know, like we share kind of that, you know, like that, that, yeah, that gene, you know, like, so, um, so it's super important for, you know, like the people that listens that what Randy's describing is actually, you know, like. The majority of the guests that I'll never have on are those that fall to that, you know, like to that battle. Yeah. Um, and, and and while at the same time you, you're, you know, like you're describing, which is probably the the source of guilt of all of the parents. I myself am a parent of, you know, like my oldest, which is actually right now using and, um, but. You know, he's not calling me because 
he knows that you know like but my option or or kind of you know like the 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 environment on which I'm going to allow him to meet with me and my family and you know yeah. is going to be you, you don't use and you know like you you've you've um kind of you know like started you know like a um what what's going to be needed for you to get clean at some point you know like so that involves you know like not not using and and so on um you know like it, this is for me you know, like it's um you know i appreciate you know like the you know like you opening your art to this because it's a it's a you know yeah it's a fucking tragedy you know like so so there's no there's no other word yeah and no for, other words. for the family members that are left behind, I mean, we're going through crazy, lots of emotions. One of those emotions, and it's totally okay to feel this way, is pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so a um, little bit of a funny story, because maybe not keep crying. Um, so when we actually buried him, we had the funeral about a month before we buried him because my mom wanted to have his body there for the funeral and then cremate him. So I put him down in the hole and I'm like, haha, I put you down in the hole. But then afterwards, my mom wanted everybody to go up and say something to him. Not for everyone to hear, but just, you know, say something to him. So I was the person I went around and I told everybody, okay, it's your turn. Go up there. Go up there. Because there was only, we were only allowed um, a few people there because of COVID. Yeah. So when it was my turn, I went up and I crouched down and I was giving him shit. I was like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, why are you, why did you do what you did? You were not supposed to do that. Well, mom is not supposed to be burying you right now. I'm supposed to be fighting with you when we're burying her about what we're doing. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, this is not. And my godmother walks by and she hears me <laughs> berating him. And she goes, you're going to be mean to the poor guy. He's dead. I'm like. It's okay to be mad. And I just, all of my grief, all of my everything kind of just came out because for the for the weeks leading up to that, I had to be the strong one for my mom because she yep. doesn't have anybody else now. It was me. So I was help I was doing basically all the funeral arrangements. My mom had to sign off, but she wasn't making any decisions. So I made all the decisions for everything. And then finally, I was like, no, we're allowed to be mad right now. Does anybody here actually want to be here right now? And they're all like, well, no. I'm like, exactly. So why can't we just say what we're all thinking and say, Brandon, you're pissing us off. <laughs> you were supposed to get clean. You were not supposed to die. We're not supposed to be burying you right now. Uh -huh. I'm like, it doesn't mean that we don't love him. In fact, it probably means that we love him a lot because we're mad at him right now. Because you don't get mad at yep. people that you don't love. Right? So just yeah. a little bit of a funnier story, but it's it's yeah. okay it's, to be mad yeah, at them. Absolutely. Not only that, I mean, like, I think it's almost, like, healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like, when... when, when um, I've been hearing story for the past... You know, like uh, for not for the past, but for about you know, like three hundred hours yeah. of people that you know, and um, with you know, like some multiple relapses, and you know, like just um, you know, like some told me that you know, like on Christmas Eve, he finally grabs, you know, like finally gets allowed or permission to have his kid for you know, like for Christmas, and and you know, comes cravings, and you know, he has a choice of leaving his kids that he probably hasn't seen for a year, and. Um, and you know, go go have a hit, and 
actually fucking leaves his kids there and you know because the the, the addiction is too yeah. strong you know again so um so you know like uh, the bottom line is that you know like you probably you know you are you know angry at you know addiction yeah more than anything you know like it's it's um and it's really really hard for people to understand um how strong that shit is you know like it's and actually it's so strong that it kills you know like it's, it's it's so strong that people will um you know like use to point of death and you know like and, and overdo it and 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 just the obsession and the compulsion of just repeating it you know like even though he probably was on you know on the bricks of death of multiple times in his life you know like and, and, and yeah well we went yeah. to clean out his room i had another little breakdown then because you see what his life amounted to. There was nothing that we found of any sentimental value to really keep from him. A few, a few of his his drawings, um, but really, there there wasn't anything there. And you look around, and there was tons of needles and tons of those used naloxone kits. So that just shows that he was using. I was pretty much on the brink of death multiple times because the naloxone kits had been used. Yeah. yeah I had to walk and away. So, I, I walked away and cried outside. What What is your life? And that was how long ago? That was in May of this year. So Jesus five Christ. months now or so. So how are you doing today? Today I'm good. Um, it really sucks because ultimately his death doesn't change my life much because I didn't have much of a relationship with him before. Yeah. The biggest change was really that I don't have that hope now any longer because um, I used, I always hoped that he was going to get clean, that we would be able to, to have that relationship because like him and my kid are so much alike. <laughs> they, they're both really good artists. They love video games. Like they would have gotten along so freaking well and i just i always wanted that relationship for them but yeah so the biggest change was that the hope is gone but because he wasn't very involved in my life it doesn't change my day-to-day -day at all which also kind of hurts <laughs> to know that it doesn't change it because it should change it yeah. um but other than that, I mean, things are going well. My my kid is doing really well in school. He's in grade 10 now. He's actually going physically to the school most days, which is a really big deal. Awesome. Um, I've been working my butt off at work, writing all my books. So I'm an author. So I've got lots of books out there and uh, hosted my own YouTube show. I talk about mental health, which I'm loving. And yeah, things are things are pretty good other than, than that. <laughs> Yeah, I have to thank you, Randy Lee, for your time. Like it was a, it was a great conversation. You know, like I, I, I appreciate you know, like you opening. Um, this is something that I haven't discussed often on the podcast. So like, um, relative to people that you know are going through addiction and you know, um, over their own challenges in life. You know, like so while you know, like you shared, you know, like. A shit ton of the challenges <laughs> you went through. Uh, uh, There's been a few. You know, like it. it you know, like it, I appreciate the fact that you know, like you 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 shared with the listeners um, what it kind of looks like for for a sibling to you know, um, or for you know, like a parent to mm -hmm. go through um, their relative addiction. And you know, um, last question I got is you know, like 
you, you said you were all other um where can people find where where can people find you um so i'm on facebook and if you search rb writing you'll find me and then my youtube channel is called the write or die show but it's write like you're writing something w-r-i-t-e so write or die show i'm on tiktok that's my new love i'm on tiktok at the write or die show i'm also on instagram at randy b writing gotta say i don't use it much i love tiktok a lot more um, and all of my books are on Amazon. So if people just Google my name or not Google, but Amazon search my name, Randy Lee Boslaw, they'll be able to find all of them. And I write a lot about mental health. Um, and eventually I will be writing about my brother. That's, that's in the works. Maybe next year, hopefully it'll publish. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Randy. You know, like everything, you know, like ev ev everywhere we can find Randy is going to be provided in the description of the episode. So, you know, like just scroll down whatever platform you're listening it to, um, which by the way, just put a fucking five star and a rating and the reviews on my podcast. I'm like, that Damn helps. right, like, do you know, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I try to use less and less of my intro. You know, like I, I, I spare you my my squeaky voice for the intro now you know like for, I've, I've been stopping doing that for a while but you know god damn it but you know put a review in like and subscribe uh, to the and, channel <laughs> and to randy's too you know like so um <laughs> here's my you know, like my psa right at the end of that podcast um thanks so much randy it was a it was a great hour spent and um i wish you the best you know like um Sorry again for your loss. You know, like it's it's um, it's uh, it's a it, it's a tragic but so often told story that you know, like it it, it you know, um, yeah, you know, like you you're, you're reminded of you know, like the the a fucking a fucking um important you know, like we we have to care about that 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 sickness, um. Every single time you hear, um, even people like, I, I, you know, like I have a flash of the last time being hit by like Whitney Houston dying. And I was like, holy shit. You know, like even with all the money in the world and, you know, like, yeah. sh you know, with, 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 anyways, you know, I really thank you for that. You know, like it was, um, it was a great time. I had, I had fun. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Take care. Bye.